Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Amen. Again, thank you for giving. Grab your Bibles. Go to Judges chapter 4. Judges chapter 4. Glad you're here this morning. If it's your first time with us today at Faith or New, we hope you've already experienced the love of a family uh, here through our church uh, family. And so uh, we always just want to just take a moment, let you know we're glad that you came and God sent you our way. So Faith or New family, one more time, let our first time guests know you love them. You're glad they're here. You're glad that they're here. And uh, again, Judges chapter 4 is where we're going to pick up today, uh, looking at a very interesting book um, and uh, a very important series that we're in. As you can look on the screen, we're in a series right now called The Greatest Stories Ever Told. And so we're actually journeying together through the Old Testament. And uh, I just, man, I tell you, I've just been blown away by what God has been just just putting in my heart, showing me, challenging me in certain areas. And I hope uh, through this series, he's been speaking to you. And I encourage you, if you've missed any of these messages, go online, get these messages, get God's word in your heart. It will change you. Amen. It will change you. And uh, I just want you to go ahead real quick and just practice something with me. Practice saying amen. All right, say it one more time. Say amen. 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 Uh, when I get in some certain messages, some things, there's some, some things that may be more challenging to hear than, than others. And so I always like to get people to go ahead and practice and get warmed up in this so it flows out a little easier. If, maybe if it's something uh, that uh, may be some challenging. But uh, we'll just leave it at that. But Judges chapter 4 is what we're going to pick up today. Another very interesting, important story in the Bible that, uh, that God, again, God puts here for our learning, and uh, we just, uh, we need to get everything from God's Word that we can. Uh, the Old Testament is one of those things that, uh, again, God gives us and shows us and was written for, for us to learn from and to teach us certain areas, and he, uh, he doesn't contradict himself in the New Testament. Matter of fact, we're going to see how these things will even work together. I'm going to reference some New Testament uh, passages throughout this, this, uh, this message today. Sometimes I haven't done this, but I'm going to do that today, and uh, we're just going to read. We're going to do this. We're going to report a story here. I'm going to finish it up kind of in a little bit later and kind of break this thing up a little bit different today. But verse 1 of Judges chapter 4 uh, says this. It says, when Ehud was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. Have we heard that before? If you've been coming, you've heard that a couple of times. Again, they did this thing. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. The commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in Harasheth, Haggim. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord for Jabin, had 900 chariots of iron, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. This dude had these big tanks. He had, he had these big chariots. Well, we have equivalent today, someone who had a full arsenal against our, our BB gun, you know, if, if you kind of comparing the weapons. But again, we got someone else on our side that just totally blows away the opposition. Verse 4, now Deborah, a prophetess, hear that word, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, hear that, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time, and she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountain of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinam, from Kadesh and Naphtali. And just uh, anytime you're reading the Bible, especially publicly, if there's big words, just say them fast. If you just say them quickly, it's, it's people think that you know exactly what you're uh, pronouncing and saying there. 
and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded God, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor? Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and of the sons of Zebulun, and against you I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river Kishon. And I will deliver him into your hand. And Barak said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And so she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you're taking for the Lord. will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. We'll stop there. We're going to pray and uh, we'll finish the story in a few moments, but let's just pray first. God, thank you today for, Lord, your, uh, once again, the opportunity, privilege it is, Lord, to be in your house, worshiping you with your people, God. And I just thank you, Lord, today for what you've been showing us in your word. Lord, again, open our hearts, Lord. Just reveal to us, show yourself to us today in this place. Let us always be open to your word, what it speaks and what it shows, God. And let it, even though it may challenge us at times, God, there are things, Lord, that we need to apply, Lord, so the ultimate result becomes, Lord, your son being made known on this earth. And so, Lord, we just pray today, God, for all that you're going to do. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Practice one more time. Amen. Amen. Greatest stories ever told. Last week, shared a story with you about a man named Shamgar, and we gave you three points. Uh, just quick review. I love to review these quickly. Number one was don't get complacent. Don't get complacent. They found themselves in a place of rest for 80 years. And in those 80 years, they kind of began to pull back and get a little relaxed in their walk, and the enemy came in and took over. He came in and took over, so don't get complacent. Even in those moments when God's giving you rest, rest in that, but don't stop. Don't get comfortable in that place. Always keep moving forward to what God has. It's crucial that uh, we see there. And again, uh, I hope, again, you, if you were here, if you're not listening to that message, as you can see how God's caught us into a place, even in rest, where we continue to work for Him. And so, uh, again, it's a beautiful thing that God shows us, just straight from that story of Shamgar. Number two was this, don't let your past... Uh, your past doesn't define you. Don't let where you came from stop where you're going. And uh, that's so crucial. So you don't have to have the big name, the big pedigree. It's when you get underneath the name, Jesus Christ. That again, he can do great things through you. And it's so important. We saw that in that story. And the third thing was this. Use what you have. But the guy was a farmer. He had an ox, uh, ox goat in his hand, a cattle prod to keep the, uh, the animals moving forward, but he killed 600 with that. He, he supernaturally, underneath the hand of God, the power of the Holy Spirit came on him, and he went and did great things for God. And the same thing applies in our life when we use today what we have in our hands. Look at your hands. I hope in the Spirit right now you can see God's place something right there for you to use. Give it to him. Use it for his glory, and he'll do great things. And so today, I want to pick up today in this story. I want to give you again three things God's placed in my heart. And um, it, it's, just, it's just unique how we're seeing things kind of flow together throughout these stories. But number one today in the message is this. If you're a note taker, uh, don't be like the world. Don't <clears throat> be like the world. 
This is, this is again, this is, this, is, this is crucial that we get this. Throughout the Bible, throughout the book of Judges, throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see a challenge from God to His people to not become like the world. Don't get pulled into that. It was that we would see it was in literally every place that God was sending his people into the promised land. He would warn them not to go into that land and begin to worship their gods. Don't get in their land and get, begin to get let what's there overcome you. And so I, I just love when God just plays these beautiful illustrations right within our church of how God can just pull you out of situations and do things in your life. And one of those is what God named Brad Nivens. I want Brad to come up and he's just going to take a few moments, share a quick illustration, a beautiful uh, testimony today of how good God is and how great it is when Holy Spirit delivers you. Come up here on this side, bro, if you would. And uh, he's right here. Thanks, man. Take your time, buddy. All right. Um, I told PT a couple weeks ago I wanted to speak today. Um, and I've been back and forth about what to say. Um, finally, it actually started coming together when PT posted yesterday. Um, he posted my picture of my water baptism saying it one year ago today. That made me think. It wasn't one year ago today. It was one year, I mean, four years ago um, today. It was actually four years ago today you gave me the picture. Uh, my water baptism was February 17, 2013. It was an anniversary. It was the one-year anniversary of me trying to commit suicide. <clears throat> this past Friday, I celebrated five years of being clean. And I've had a lot of people ask me. I've had a lot of people ask me, how to do it? What was the one thing that kept going to get me through? And the answers became more and more clear every time. I didn't do anything. I shut up and listened to God. And every year this week, every, yeah, this week of every year is really hard on me. Whether it's remembering everything or you can ask Crystal, my temper is an all-time high. And it makes me remember how much God has helped me come through stuff. Normally, my temper is not there. Um, I'm usually at peace with everything. Life is overall very good. I've been blessed more times than I can count by trusting and following God. Um, but this week is always hard on me. Every year. Don't know if it's... The devil knows that it's going to be on my mind. Um, going to a celebration of being clean, but yet, what am I being clean from? So it's always in my head. Um, this week was especially exciting. Um, by continuing to trust God and following God, I signed on the mortgage on the uh, Habitat house this week. And we actually moved in Friday night on my five-year anniversary. 
but while I'm packing and moving, it made me think a lot about where I came from. And then PT uh, asked me yesterday, was I still speaking today? And it just started my brain. If y'all know me, I get probably overthink everything. Um, so my head's spinning all day. And it's like, what to say? How do I want it to come out? Is this a praise report or is this testimony? And this is just me speaking. It's You can define it however. <laughs> um, but when... I was living in the world. I was in prison, attempted suicide multiple times, multiple divorces, very unhappy relationships, moved every nine months, overall completely miserable, right? following God, listening to Him, great friends engaged to be married, in a happy relationship this time, <laughs> um, have my kids, and just signed on the Habitat house for us to have a forever home. No more moving. I'm just blessed and amazed at how much God does for us when we actually pay attention. So I just wanted to say thank God. Amen. One more time, man. That's, that's something to celebrate. Give God some praise off Those of you who don't know Brad, Brad, is, um, Brad has two uh, incredible sons, and um, they're uh, both autistic. And, um, and I tell you, Brad has a call in his life to lead those boys. And, uh, and again, another opportunity to say thank you to this church for stepping in. Uh, epic ministry began in this church and uh, to, to minister special needs. And, uh, and because of, again, that ministry being in place, this church loving on uh, his children, even as now, as he's in here sharing, he's been able to grow in his faith and, again, celebrate five years clean. Um, I, I know I, I've had many conversations with Brad when he was using his words as far as, again, in the place of the world. Um, many times I had to talking down and uh and um and there's some tough difficult situations and to see the difference in someone's life when they're you know in this world and the world's in them and then they're uh, just of the world and god's inside their heart and something else is happening and that's what i'm seeing in brad it's just really cool man so thank you for sharing that day bro and just again we celebrate what God's doing in you, but a beautiful example, I believe, how what God is calling us in this story, what it's supposed to look like, because this is how it worked. God sent his children into the land to conquer those lands, and what would happen every time is that those lands would end up conquering them. You would see this turn happen, and it would happen because, again, the warning that he would give to, to not come in and be a part of that world, to not allow that to come in. And it's amazing that we would see this, and this is still happening. I'm going to show you illustrations in the New Testament as well as, again, as the story we're seeing in the Old of how this works. And we've got to quit letting the world change us. We've got to come to that place. And maybe if we quit letting the world change us, maybe we can start changing the world. Amen? And maybe 
we could begin to do the things God's called us to do because that's what he placed us here for was to change the world, to affect the earth, to bring heaven to earth, to bring the kingdom here. And so we see this. And one of the big hindrances, the bears of this, is when we see throughout Scripture of not allowing the world to come in. We see in 1 John 2, verse 15, it says this. Through 17, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world, and the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Now, I know, I, I just know, as I get up here and say this, this is, for some of you who's been in this thing a while, this may sound like old school kind of preaching, getting up there saying this stuff, but this is New Testament, this is the Bible, and this is something we see, and he places these scriptures in the Bible to warn us, to show us, and we see the results of when we let the world affect us instead of us affecting the world. You see it over and over, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, I beseech you, you got a guy beseeching, that means begging, he's pleading with people, a guy named Paul. Who, who is not a pleader, is not a beggar. He's not one of those guys. He used to go in there and clean house and wipe out religious folks and was hardcore. And he's saying, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I think a lot of times we're thinking, man, this, if I'm super, Superman in the spirit, I'll do that. But God ain't called me. I'm just nobody. Listen, this is just reasonable service. And do not, can be, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see how this is working. We, I love John Piper. John Piper says, If you try to satisfy your longing by sucking in the air of the world, you will not be able to drink the water of heaven. Do you, see, do you hear this? This is something we see throughout Scripture. We're seeing these challenges. He tells us, again, Paul's saying in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14 through 17, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, and God, as God has said, and he, he, he references Old Testament, he said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them. Be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and uh, you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. He's challenging us. He's saying throughout Scripture, this fellowship is the huge word. I said just a few moments ago in a time as we was ending worship. Fellowship is a time, it's the word koinonia in the Greek, it is a time where there is an exchange that happens. Now some people was in there listening to this message and they said, man, Pastor, you called us to go change the world. God said to go change the world. You challenge us in every week to go change the world. How can we do that? First, we're come out from among them, be separate. Now listen, please understand what he's telling us here. He's saying there should not be us and the world, there should not be an exchange happen. 
That's, I mean, this is crucial. This is, this is, you see it in the Old Testament, and you sit there, and we read this stuff, and, man, we're going, again, they did evil on the side of the Lord. I'm serious. I mean, I, I'm getting up here, and I'm, I'm reading these stories. I'm going, again, i got to get up here and read that. But you know what's happening? And why we're seeing it happen in our lives and why it's happening in the world is because, again, the world that he's told us to go out there to change is changing us. That was a good place to practice your amen. He was already warm. He should have been like ready. Amen. It should have flowed right out. But do you understand what's going on here? Dale Moody, the guy I spoke about last week, says that Christians should live in the world but not be filled with it. A ship lives in the water, but if the water gets into the ship, she goes to the bottom. So Christians may live in the world, but if the world gets into them, they sink. This is, this is crucial because he's saying over and over and over that, listen, we're supposed to go affect the world. I'm going to be honest. It gets frustrating in a lot of ways when I see the church looking more like the world instead of the world looking more like the church. That's frustrating. It's frustrating as a pastor. It's frustrating as a person who believes God's called to, to a group of people to go out. And listen, so how do we do this? And listen, we must understand as we read Scripture, He's called us to go do this, but there's supposed to be a separation. There should not be for us in the world the exchange happen. There should be us going into the world and pouring out, but it's the moment we allow the world to come and pour in, we've missed it. We, it, this, is, this is so important. And I've heard people say this. I've heard people say, man, well, Jesus, he was a friend of sinners. We sing that and we, we look at things in the Bible. We see that and we see Jesus throughout the world and throughout Scripture continually doing and going and being friends with sinners. That's what he does. That's who he is. I'm thankful he's friend with sinners. If not, no hope for me. No hope. Let's don't allow what has been in a lot of ways and a lot of times, even by Christian leaders, to paint a picture of Jesus that is not in the Bible. Please understand, when we see throughout Scripture, we see Jesus going in the world. We see him going in, and he got blasted. He got blasted by the Pharisees and by the religious people for going into the world. And then, and then people would take what, what they would blast him for, and then they would say that, man, Jesus got in there and mixed it up with them. I've heard it. Jesus got in there and partied with him. He hung in there, man. He was, he was awesome. Just what Jesus did. That's what the church has got to do. That's not what Jesus did. You know what Jesus did? You know what he would, he would do? He would come in. He would hang out with the, uh, with, with the sinners. They would blast him for it. You know what he would tell them? It's not the, the righteous that need repentance. It's the sinner. So you know what he was doing? This is what Jesus was doing. This is what we're supposed to do. Jesus would lovingly go into their world, and then he was challenging them. Repentance means to change your mind. That's what that means. It simply means that we change our mind. Two words in the Greek, metanoia. And it come together means we change our mind. And so this is what he asked them to do. He would go into the sinners and to the place where they're at. You know, he would say, listen, you've got to change your mind. He didn't go in there to sinners and just hang out with them. I'm sick at that picture of Jesus. That's not what he did. Now, he lovingly went in. He lovingly got on the cross. He suffered a bloody, violent death. Our sin must be a big deal if Jesus had to die for it. But he did not just go in there and just mix it up with them and hang out. You know what he did? He looked for people that were open to hear the truth. 
And he gave it to them. You will see it through throughout scripture as he would get up and share the parables of the lost sheep the lost coin the lost son you know what he celebrated not that they were lost not that they were in the world he would celebrate when they were found he would celebrate when they would repent when that that prodigal son came to his mind in the pig pit and came home let us rejoice he said my son that was dead now alive that's what Jesus celebrates. That's what we would see throughout Scripture. He got blasted for hanging out with Zacchaeus, the little short dude. But you know what he said to him? I'm coming to your house. I'll hang out with you. And Zacchaeus got saved. He repented. He changed his mind. He started looking for the people that he had stolen from. He was like, I mean, how do I repay them? He didn't just hang out with them. Now listen, we're supposed to go into the world, but when we get there, we're supposed to give them the truth. And we're supposed to give it to them in love. And I think it's possible. Jesus wouldn't ask us to do it. So again, don't become like the world. There should be a distinct difference. You call it old school, whatever. It's in the Bible, and it's true. They should be able to look at our life. They looked at the disciples, and they could tell they'd been with Jesus. Again, it wasn't religiously what they had on, but it was what came out of their mouths and it came out of their heart and the work that they were doing that this came forth so clearly. But listen, we've got to hear that first and grab hold of that today. Don't become like the world. Second thing, this is cool, and I love this point and this next, this next point in the message is this, that ladies are valuable in God's plan. Point number two, ladies are valuable in God's plan. This is awesome. Deborah's name means honeybee. Literally, if you, I mean, it's Blake Shelton wrote a song about her. And, uh, and, and, what just happened? And I'm, don't listen to it. That's just, I'm just being funny. But he wrote a song about honeybee. No, listen, but her name literally means honeybee. And I, I, I think in this next point, this is powerful what God just put on my heart. I believe literally this sweet woman, Deborah, you know what she was? According to scripture, leader. She led. She was a, the Bible calls her a prophetess. That she was, she was someone who leads. I want, I want people to understand this. Again, I'm, I'm hitting stuff today that, that some people kind of avoid in the church today. And the first would point in the second point as well, because we got to get clarity on, I believe, some of these things is that we must understand this. God gives spiritual gifts to ladies. Come on, somebody. He gives, he gives ladies spiritual gifts. She was a leader in Israel. I want you to understand, women, you have, you have access to every spiritual gift that men have. He gives that to us. This is clear. We see this. And I believe that we see this loving wife. I believe we can see this woman who was, who was his sweet. She's this honeybee. She, she has this, this significance, I believe, about her heart. But we also see this. We see her leading. I, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. I think sometimes, uh, because again, I believe how the church has presented certain things that ladies either don't lead, or if they do lead, they think they got to be hard. 
You ever been around a lady who's like all hard and, and they're like all bowled up? I got a witness on the front row, right? Somebody, come on, somebody. And, and, and they think they have to be that way. Listen, I want you to see, God can make you a honeybee, sweet and, and loving, have that nurturing spirit in your heart, and then that can carry over into who you're supposed to be as a leader. This is, this is, this is huge. And this is what I want to see raised up and continue to be raised up in faith through the women of God who lead and love, who, who walk out the purposes of the plan for their life. It's crucial that we see this. And what's happening in the world, we've seen it happen in the church. It's like people have to choose sides on this subject of what they believe about what the Bible says about women. And, and it's amazing. As you look at the sides, it's like you have one side that says, well, women, just, you just can't be leaders. The Bible says you can't be leaders. Or you, you have the other side who's kind of done this. Well, women can have the same offices as men can have, and they can have the same things. Is it possible that both sides are wrong. Now listen, I'm not one of those pastors who get up there and say, well, everybody else is wrong and we're right. I, it's not that. Everybody else is wrong and the Bible's right. Okay, that's what's right. And, and, and the Bible shows us this, that we see in this story in the Old Testament, Deborah, I love how it still references her. She is the wife of Lapidoth. It doesn't say Lapidoth's the husband, Deborah. You know what we're seeing here? I believe we're seeing a picture of a woman who still is able to come up underneath a household, have a husband lead and love that home, but still operate in the purposes and the plan of God that he has for her life. So listen, ladies, listen, God wants to use you in the plan. He wants to use you in changing the world. This is what he's called you to do. And this is what we see in scripture that he has called. You see it. You see in Acts, women of God being used to teach and love. Now, again, there are things that scripturally we can't avoid. You can look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, chapter 3. You can see where he makes it clear. And this is what the Bible says, whether I agree with or disagree with it, whether you do as what? The women should not operate in the role of pastor elder in the church. But you know what that doesn't mean? That they can't prophesy, lead, teach, be gifted, work, not just change diapers. Oh, y'all, I'm preaching. Come on, pastor, preach. Not just change diapers, but change them. Fellas, help them out. Let's do our part. But listen, he wants you to rise up into the calling that he's placed on your life. Listen, this world that we're supposed to change, it's going to be some men step up and rise and walk in and not let that world come in. But it's also going to be some ladies operating their calling. Well, I, don't, I don't have much. I'm this woman. I don't have much. D.L. Moody also said this, a small light will do a great deal when it's in a very dark place. And this is a dark world. We need people to step up. And ladies, God's calling you to move into this area of your life. But I'm telling you, it's beautiful when he does this, when you step into that. Number three, don't miss your place in history. Don't miss your place in history. And this story, <clears throat> and we see that they, Deborah and Barack, had this conversation. Uh, and and, and we, we see where he comes, and, and she speaks to him and says to go take over this land, go take over Sisera, go take over the him and, 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 and rule this. And this is a continuation from the main story. They go literally to war, but it's after he tried to avoid that. He said, I can't go unless you go. And she speaks and says some things. So they go into the war, the chariots get stuck, those big 
tanks get stuck supernaturally. Again, God doing this work. They supernaturally get stuck. And then we see God come in, use them. And so Sarah, everybody else gets wiped out, but so Sarah the leader flees. Everybody else gets out of Dodge and flees. But there was something said, and there was something so important that she told them. It said, there's going to be a woman get the glory in the story. Now listen, this ain't talking about, this ain't saying we ain't giving them glory like we give God glory. It's not that, but listen, there's the reference in history of jail, this woman who God raises up and uses. And again, what is endeavor? She wasn't referring to herself. She was speaking to someone else. And I want us to look at this story. Judges chapter 4, verse 17. This story gets crazy. <clears throat> verse 17, we see again, the Sisera flees, his whole army's wiped out. However, Sisera had fled away on foot, verse 17 of Judges 4, fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Canaanite. For there was peace between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, do not fear. And when he had turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. And then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I'm thirsty. So, he, so she opened up a jug of milk. I love milk, does the body good. Except in this case, um, <clears throat> gave him a jug of milk, gave him a drink, covered him, and he said to her, Stand at the door of the tent, and if any man comes and inquires of you and says, If there is any man here, you shall say no. Then Jael, Heber's wife, again, you see that, strong woman of God rising up, even underneath again, operating in the level of the home, what that looks like, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and she went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple and it went down into the ground for he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. She was like, nailed it. You know, she was like, <clears throat> yes. And then as Barak pursued, Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, I will show you the man of whom you seek. And when he went into her tent, there lay Sisera, dead with the peg in his temple. So on that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, in the presence of the children of Israel. And the hand of ch the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. I, I hope you didn't miss that and all those big words that I just said. The Lord spoke to Deborah and told Barak, go take over. Go do this. Go operate in this power that God is placing upon you. He's showing you favor in this area. He pulled back. He missed his place in history. Now, this is, this is, this is where... I feel like there's some truths in here that, that, that we really need to pull from. We still see the sovereign hand of God at work in this story. God had a purpose and a plan, and he was going to move forth in this life, and he was going to change and bring victory to the children of Israel. He was going to take out Jabin, king of Canaan. That was going to happen. He was operating in that, and I believe he had raised up one person to do it, and they missed it. So God did this. He raised up somebody else. Listen, I don't want you to miss your place in history. And again, it's not about when it's all said and done is your name getting proclaimed and your name getting glorified, but it is about you doing what God's called you to do. It is about the purpose that he wants to fulfill in your life. 
And it is about when it's all said and done. Do hear in your name. And the Lord says, I see it here written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Here it is. Come in. Well done. Listen, there are things that God's called us to walk into. And he's showing us how to do it. And in Judges chapter 5, verse 24, it says this. It says, most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. Blessed is she among women and tents. <laughs> you know, the, there's another lady in the New Testament that we hear that reference to. Blessed is her among women. Who was that? Anybody? It's okay if you talk to church. Not a trick question. Mary. Mary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. All right, yes, Mary. Do you, do you, see, you see again the significance of this, this person in a tent on the backside of the desert? Most blessed among women? <laughs> I, I, I did. This has to be... Uh, Mary, most blessed among women, Jesus, she had the baby. Yes, awesome, powerful. Most blessed among women is J.L. And we see this, again, because I think, again, she operated and stepped into. You see her being sweet. She literally, she offered hospitality to him. That was part of their customs, what they had to do. He walks in, so Sarah comes in, she offers hospitality to him, but the moment he tried to get her to compromise, no, sir, will not happen. I'll be sweet to you, I'll love you, I'll, I'll show you kindness and show you gracious, but when it comes time for me to compromise, absolutely not. She took out the enemy, we see this. She didn't miss her place in history. I almost called this point, you snooze, you lose. I mean, I thought maybe, you know, I almost said, I was like, maybe they remember that better, but it didn't sound spiritual enough. And so, don't miss your place in history. You know what God's looking for? Not your ability. You may have heard this. He's looking for your availability. He's looking for you to come and just surrender to him. I want you, if you would, to do this with me. As I'm standing, I want you to stand with me, please. And as you stand, I want you just, if you would, to bow your heads, close your eyes for a moment. And just ask today the Holy Spirit what he's speaking to you. Ask him today what, the, what it is that today that he wants you to receive from this, the exchange. We've come in, we've worshipped, we've fellowshiped with him, we've given to him. And now we must open up and be receptive. Now this is how this works. Either we receive or we reject what God gives us. We receive or we reject his word. We receive or we reject what he's saying. Again, there's things that he, he gives and shows me and challenges me that I don't always like. But i got to say this, Lord, i got to surrender. And if I don't agree with it, I don't like it, i got to repent. i got to change my mind. He's not changing his. He's not changing his word. He's not going to change anything. I, I've got to change my mind to get in line with his word. And so today I just feel the Holy Spirit speaking to hearts today. Maybe there's areas that you've maybe kind of pulled back and the world's kind of slid in. And there's even places that God's opened up the door for you that you're supposed to be going in and changing. And what's happening is this, it's changing you. Listen, we can be like Jesus. Hang out. Connect with this world. Change it. Not allow it to come in and change our lives. I believe there's some ladies today, specifically today, that God's going to speak to as well. You've pulled back. You've pulled back and you're calling. Maybe you haven't stepped into it yet. Somebody received that. You haven't even stepped into it yet because you didn't think, well, I'm, I'm nobody, I'm a woman, I'm not worthy. Listen, God 
has a calling for you. He has spiritual gifts available to you. He wants you to be at work for his, his kingdom. Spiritual gifts. Again, spiritual gifts. Not just, again, just being willing to serve and, 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 and just certain areas. Again, that's awesome. And we must have those things. There's specific areas of spiritual significance in his plan for the kingdom of bringing heaven to earth that he's calling you to step into, ladies. You can do it. You can be sweet doing it. You can still be a, a, a mother. You can still be a, a wife. You can still be all those things and still step into this. So, Father, I just thank you right now that you're speaking to men and women in this place, speaking to young people, that you're calling to rise up. Lord, there's some people, Lord, I believe in this church that you've called to affect this world. I believe, Lord, there's some history makers, Lord, that when it's all said and done, when it looks back over time, words going to be proclaimed of what was done through the people. As we read these stories in your word, it's going to be proclaimed throughout the land. That happens with God when we become obedient and surrender to you.